0: A Story That Works podcast teaches you to discover your own writing process and get back to work by using my stories, which I read aloud as examples. This season, I'm talking to different editors about how to improve what's on the page, make a habit of writing, and break free from any and all blocks that come your way. I hope my struggles help you feel less alone and inspire you to get your stories on the page and confidently share them. On today's episode, Leslie and I discuss what it takes to expand a short story, how can you strengthen your craft, and how do you actually build a career as a writer? Leslie Watts is a StoryGrid-certified editor, writer, and podcaster based in Austin, Texas. She's been writing as long as she can remember, from her sixth-grade magazine about cats to writing practice while drafting opinions for an appellate court judge. As an editor, Leslie helps fiction and nonfiction clients write epic stories that matter. She believes writers become better storytellers through study and practice, and that editors owe a duty of care to help writers with specific and supportive guidance. You can find her online at writership.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-R-S-H-I-P.com. And the story Leslie and I discuss is another one that doesn't have a title, but it does use a similar voice and structure to a couple other stories I've been writing, including one that I talk about a lot on this podcast called The Moon. I tentatively called it Lightning, but that's, yeah. No one suspected that lightning had anything to do with the deaths in our town. That every time it struck, someone would lose their life in the same location exactly three days later. But I've been keeping track. I first noticed when Simon caught the strike on camera over the water. He won an award for the picture and so bragged about it for weeks after. Three days after the shot was taken by my keen observational eye, Sammy was pulled out by a rip current while her mother slept off an all-night shift at the hospital on the shore. No one heard her screams. By the time they found the body, it was bloated and drifting to the surface. She was buried quickly with little ceremony after that. Mom and Dad cooed over Sammy's mother for a week or so after the death. They made me go with them when they brought casseroles and held up idle conversations in her now oversized house. We stopped going because Mom said we couldn't help someone too stuck in their grief to even notice when company was over. Good thing, too, because two weeks after Sammy, another lightning struck directly over her house. Three days after that, they found Sammy's mother, but no one would tell me how she died. I could have written it off, could have said it was a fluke, except that the pattern followed twice more after the bad storm that tore up the Monroe Garden. Old man Jenkins died in his sleep, and poor Mr. Henderson had a heart attack at work, both on the same day, minutes apart. Unrelated? That's what they'd like you to think. Mom made me stop keeping track of the lightning when I tried to tell her. She took my journal and notes and told me to think happier thoughts. I wouldn't care so much because in a way I think she's right, except that I think lightning struck over our house last night and now I'm wholly unprepared to try and stop whatever's happening from taking someone I love. So I have Leslie with me. You just heard the story, Leslie. Um, Talk to me about this piece. What's your initial thoughts or what do you just have to say right away?
1: Yeah, I think it's a really intriguing situation, you know, Mm -hmm. set up. Um, And it definitely makes me curious to know more. Mm -hmm. So what I'm wondering is... And where I would start usually with a client would be to ask, so what's the what's the inspiration? What's the Mm -hmm. what piece came to you first in this little universe?
0: Yeah. So I think I tend to create ideas as a writer situationally or something's just a little off. Uh, the what came to me first I think was probably this voice and knowing the voice I had sort of okay this strange thing is happening I I wanted to create a story about lightning like just that very visual image lightning over water and using the voice and this character who kind of sees things in a different way I this is this is what came out and it's typically for me like a first to third draft because I do a lot of editing as I'm going um, as I'm writing. But yeah, that's that's sort of how it came to be is it was this I love this visual image. Maybe I'll try attaching it to this voice and see what happens and then the character kind of took on the story itself.
1: Nice, nice. Okay. So as a as a short piece, you know, what I would normally talk about would be like the the shattering moment, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. like there's a moment and sometimes you're building up to it. Sometimes you are coming away from it processing. Mm -hmm. So if you were to identify a shattering moment in this as just as a short piece Mm
0: -hmm. now you're talking like james scott bell talks about short stories being about shattering moments yes yeah yeah so i think i think flash fiction is a little bit different in that it doesn't necessarily have to have that shattering moment in the same way that like short story does because it is so so short and condensed and i think i wasn't necessarily considering that when I wrote this piece, this piece, I think was more of like, a look at this cool thing that I can do. And then let me leave it up to you whether or not you believe if if she's right or not. And so it's this like, strange things are happening, but are they really happening? And I don't know if that works effectively. It certainly isn't going to work if I try and expand the story, which I do want to do. But yeah, I guess what's your opinion on, on flash fiction on that? Do you read a lot of flash fiction? Is it? Like does this work as it is or do do I need to expand it and and if I do need to expand it is it a shattering moment or what would you what would you tell a client to kind of focus on
1: Right so I don't read a lot of flash fiction I used mm-hmm. to read more of it um but I haven't read that much lately so I think thinking about what's the I think even if you don't have like you're not looking at a shattering moment. You're looking at something, right? Like you're uh, like McKee would talk about you're opening up a, a gap. It's a really small gap because it's flash fiction, but you're opening up a gap between expectation and reality, like what actually unfolds. So I would kind of focus on that space. Mm hmm. And if you were to expand it, which I think is wonderful, then I would start thinking about things like, well, what, what kind of moment is this? Mm -hmm. Like what if you were to say, oh, this, because we talk about this on the round table sometimes with a short story, is that short stories seem to have the feel of one or more of the five commandments. Mm -hmm. You know, like one seems to be really. In the foreground. Yeah. And so, like, I think that's a really useful place to start. So if this Mm -hmm. were, for you, one of the five commandments of a, you know of story yeah
0: like i think i see it maybe as a bit of a turning point where she that realization that it's a pattern that it's happening again and again and it kind of opens up that question leaves you wondering is this really happening or what can she do about it so i see it as a bit more of the turning point than anything else Uh
1: uh-huh uh-huh yeah that's great i think that 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 makes sense right it's this there's this kind of revelation for her Mm -hmm that there's more here than meets the eye.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so it could be, you know, in terms of unexpected events, if you were to expand it into a, you know, a short story of, say, like 5,000 words or, Mm -hmm. you know, like you could have a series of clues kind of leading to that, revelation Mm. you could have the revelation and then you know it it could kind of serve as an inciting incident in a way like that's weird and then she investigates Mm -hmm. right I like the interest in is it real or is it not Mm -hmm. I like the interest in I mean to me it's really it's telling. I don't know when you wrote this piece exactly, but to me, wow, it's it's like it. kind of emblematic of what's happening right now, mm-hmm. right? Lightning, when we think about lightning strikes metaphorically and actually, you know, physically, it doesn't strike in the same place twice, mm-hmm. usually. Yeah. As You're far right as saying. I know, I think that's <laughs> yeah. real. Um, you can't really plan Except Mm -hmm. in some way, right, there are some ways to, right, we have lightning rods to try to Mm -hmm. attract, pull the lightning to the rod as opposed to something else. Mm -hmm. We know, for instance, not to, uh, you don't go riding a horse (laughs) in a thunderstorm, right? But also this kind of this idea that, like, I don't know if you've ever been at a pool in the summertime, and mm-hmm. everything's fine. Like, it's sunny, mm. nothing's going And then suddenly there's a crack of thunder. Yeah.
0: We have that experience right. at a beach. Like, we were swimming, it was fine, and then a cloud rolled in, and all of a sudden it was, like, slow motion. My mom's calling at us. We're, we got to run in and run back to, you know, where we were staying. And, yeah, it's a really ominous kind of feeling.
1: Right. So, and it comes it can come out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Like that's, and that's the experience that we often have um, living here in central Texas. We get some severe Mm -hmm. thunderstorms. We had hail yesterday.
0: um, (laughs) We had snow last week, so (laughs) the weather is just, don't even get me started. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that that weird, I feel like there's something almost intriguing about thunderstorms and lightning in general and um, that sort of ominous quality with the clouds rolling in and yeah that's I I kind of the feel that I wanted to leave the reader with um I'm not sure I did that effectively in terms of setting and that might be places to expand but yeah that idea of is it real is it not that space of magical realism but could be something else is is really interesting to me I don't know necessarily how to so my brain stops me Whereas I create this piece and, and I've talked to other editors who are like, well, you could expand your other pieces this way or here's this or that. And and this one, I'm like and, – and short story, I think in general, it's like it's a single moment. Like I don't know if I need to or want to add in more detail. I'm finding a, it really difficult as a writer to find the balance between what I need to say and and what other people need to hear. Do you have any advice on that? <laughs>
1: Oh, great question. So I think that one thing is that you're exposing other people to your stories mm-hmm. and that's great. So you get to see like, how are people reacting? How are people responding to to the story? And that that's, you know, in terms of how is what I'm putting on the page, what's that evoking... Mm -hmm. in other people, Mm -hmm. right? That's, that's important. And then I think to really following your interest, like we've been talking a little bit about what's, you know, what's fascinating about this to you. What's, where did it come from? What was the inspiration and really exploring that without worrying about the final product right Mm -hmm. away. Like, when we have a very clear novel length or novella or, you know, we have a kind of medium or long form idea and it's really solid, then we want to start really narrowing. Mm -hmm. But to me, when you've got something like this and you just, it's almost like you want to just see where it takes you. Yeah. Like, take this character and... Drop her somewhere else Mm -hmm. and see what happens like a different time, like take her on vacation. (laughs) Oh, she's going on vacation with, you know, with somebody or she's going off to school Mm -hmm. or, you know, like show her in her everyday environment. Like, play with the parts that are interesting to you. Do writing practice, you know, like mm-hmm. Natalie Goldberg teaches. Just really explore it. and I would spend like whatever feels good like a week or two weeks and every day, spend with that character, mm-hmm. right? And then at the end of the two week period, read all that writing, yeah, and find what are the bits that are interesting to you. Mm-hmm. And then, and take those and do writing practice on those. Mm -hmm. And that's how I would work because, because you have, you know, like there's, there are kernels here, Mm -hmm. right? There's like really interesting stuff about natural phenomenon, about a character who sees things more clearly than the people around them. Mm -hmm. And that's right. That creates an interesting situation Mm -hmm. that could be a whole bunch of things. And I would just play with that.
0: Yeah. And I really like what you're saying too, because that exploration, like having fun with that, I think is really important. I tend to like people tell me, okay, here's your homework, figure out where your character starts and where they end and like all the steps in between. And I'm like, no, I don't want to, like that doesn't feel good to me. And so I want to explore in a way that I can write all of these stories and kind of come together and see, okay, what is it? What can I expand upon? Can I use all the different stories in the different situations and kind of tell a bigger story with those smaller pieces? Like maybe this is a story that I expand upon But once I know what those kernels are, it'll be different and look different according to like the larger work as opposed to what's here.
1: Right, exactly. Um, I remember a writer who was talking about how the kernel of an idea kind of like this Mm -hmm. started simmering and he was really following one character in particular. And then one day figured out Oh, no, he wasn't so much interested in this character, but one of the characters on the periphery, mm. like kind of, it was just a thread that he followed until he found the thing that, ah, oh, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's what I really want to write about. Right. It's like letting go of the bowstring and the mm-hmm. arrow goes. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think, you know, especially because of your training as an editor. There is a tendency in us, especially if we think, if we're used to thinking analytically. Yeah. It's like, oh, what's this mean? Oh, <laughs> let me nail this down. Where is my I going? Well, what am I going to get out of this? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. What's the product going to be? Yes. And that's important. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if what your, what your writer needs is some expansive space to really figure mm-hmm. out what is the thing? Yeah. What is it about this?
0: Elizabeth Gilbert talks about that in Big Magic for sure. And she she talks about it, I think it's some of her speeches where she used to give these speeches about, you know, inspiration and living from a life of passion. And she's now switched to just curiosity. That curiosity is more important and you explore that curiosity. Do you have any advice on how to explore that curiosity as a writer? Like, do I just throw this character in different situations or, you know, ha- I, I need homework. I need like set things okay. to do. Um, but then I also like, so I can figure out what feels good, what doesn't, you know, like if you tell me something, I'm like, no way, but it, enough of enough ideas. I think I can find something that'll help. I hope.
1: <laughs> okay. So I'm probably won't remember this exactly, but I found this really, really useful when I did this. And it's um, Dorothy Brand, I think, is her name. Um, And she wrote this book a really long time ago. If You Want to
0: Write or something like that?
1: Something like that. Okay. It's got a yellow cover. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. The edition I I I have is a yellow cover. I think I know what you're talking about.
1: (laughs) So she talks about, you know, writing for like, I don't, know, I think it was 15 minutes in the morning, whatever, you know, like do morning pages mm-hmm. like Julia Cameron re- recommends. That's great. Right? Awesome. <laughs> Highly okay. recommend. <laughs> okay, good. And then she says, pick another time during the day
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you focus a little bit. Okay. So you've got your, I just woke up. I've got all these weird coronavirus dreams
0: (laughs) going on. I need to decompress and and write down all my anxieties. Yeah, that's my morning pages.
1: Get that out and then do this. And then the really important thing, I think, is to read them. Okay. Right? Because... Natalie Goldberg talks about this, of course, right? Mm -hmm. This is how we learn to accept our mind, to Mm -hmm. study and accept our mind. Mm -hmm. And we see what we keep circling, what we're really interested in, what Mm -hmm. the questions that obsess us. Like if you read um, any, if you take any writer who's got a pretty good body of work, right? I'm
0: almost done reading all of Neil Gaiman. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, see, yes, exactly. So you could probably, if, you know, if someone were to ask you, say, Mm -hmm. like, what are the kinds of questions that Neil Gaiman keeps circling? Mm -hmm. What are the themes that keep, you know, no matter what he's writing about, no matter the genre, because he's a kind of genre agnostic writer. Mm -hmm. um, What does he keep coming back to? Yeah. And by doing the morning pages and then doing the very disciplined writing on a particular topic later in the day, Mm -hmm. and then reading, we get a feel for what it is. What is that thing for us?
0: Mm -hmm. Now, would you You say read the morning pages and the other or just the other like focused fiction kind of work or read both? Read,
1: Read both. Okay. Read both. Because one is your kind of untethered, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: no constraints. Yeah. Other than the, you know, time or page constraint that you give it in Mm -hmm. the morning. And then one is very focused, right? I'm writing on this topic. I am taking this character to the grocery store today.
0: Yeah. And I think that's really nice. I struggle a lot with like, I don't want to limit myself. And this, I mean, shows up in my double major, double minor in college. And then I I get the urge to write these, these stories on my blog that are like 300 words. And I'm like, okay, that's done. I'm not going to come back or look at it. You know, maybe it's short attention span. Maybe it's interested in too much. I don't know what I would classify it as, but like, I don't know if they're connected, if I'm not Exploring and pushing myself to keep exploring, and then reading all of them kind of together. So I like that. I like that idea of, of pl- purposeful play in that space. Yes,
1: yes, exactly. And when you read them, like pull out things. That, oh, this is interesting to me, mm-hmm. and then you can use those things as topics to write on. Yeah, you know, in another session. Mm-hmm. Um. And really pay attention to, you know, like when something sparks your interest, when you have a strong reaction, positive or negative. Yeah. Let's face it. Sometimes the negative reaction, there's something there. Yeah. Right. Anything that has energy.
0: Mm -hmm. How would you like, I don't know as a writer or an editor how do you know when you have enough of an idea to write a novel or a longer piece?
1: That is a great question. I think probably when when you can I think Joyce Carol Oates says when you can when you can see the ending.
0: Okay.
1: When you know where it's going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For us, like if you know, but it might also look like if you under if you really understand the controlling idea like that's Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in your face, very distinct, clear write I think it I hate to say oh you'll know Rebecca
0: <laughs> I hate uh. that <laughs> I feel like I don't know like like a lot of writers will talk about how their experiences the more they write like their character will talk to them or you know they never say writing a novel is easy but they say it gets easier and I feel like some of these questions I have like like, they should be easy. How do you know when you have enough for a novel? Shouldn't that be an easy question? But it doesn't feel very easy for me, and that makes me feel like, like, oh, what am I doing wrong?
1: <laughs> I don't think you're doing anything wrong. I think you just have a different approach like like Mm -hmm. people who follow Myers-Briggs would say you have different cognitive functioning preferences yes than other people right I
0: struggle with that so much (laughs) like I see people who have a really easy time and I mean I say easy in air quotes, okay? Easy time coming up with a plot. Like I have a friend of mine who, like she just imagines it and then she writes down what she imagines. And I'm so jealous of that. It's not my process. It's not intuitive for me. A lot of the editors that, or at least a couple of the editors that I've talked to recently say, you have to know what your character wants and that's so not intuitive i know your character has to want something but these little pieces this the snippet of a story i sent to you they're still kind of sort of a change like she's had a realization and you leave it in this short space with a question that hopefully the reader ponders for a long time now whether or not this works is beside the point it's there is still a change i know if i want to make it longer she should want something I just don't know if I need to know that as a writer or if I need to like change my process and actually figure that out. Like I'm trying not to get too intimidated by other people's processes and to figure out my own in a kind to myself way, if that makes sense.
1: Yes, absolutely. I think it's vital, right? Mm -hmm. Because you you don't want to write just one story and then be done. Right. Right. Like, even if it's a really, really good one, you know, if you, right, hit a home run, <laughs> your first at bat.
0: Yeah, like, first, that'd be great, but that's not all I It'd want. be awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're going to write, a, you know, your next story, you're going to write, and then you're going to write another, mm-hmm. and then another, and then another, because this is in you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so I think that the process of doing the writing practice. hmm Helps develop the intuition. Part of it, like I said, is like it's accepting our own minds
0: yes that's what I, yes absolutely i need to do that
1: <laughs> and our and own valuing process.
0: yeah and understanding what that is not just like oh it's it's sort of like so and so's way of right but no like really understanding this is how i do things and that's okay and being confident in that and using that to your uh, your advantage because i i think that makes your story better when it's yours and you've created it your way
1: Right. I don't want to, like when I sit down to read a Rebecca story, mm-hmm. I don't want to read Joe's story or you know anybody yeah, else. Yeah. Like I want to read your story. I want to get in. I want to have that connection between you, you know, you and your mind and your experience and mm-hmm. all of that. Like I want to know you in that way. Yeah. And that's a really special thing, right? Mm -hmm. That you're choosing to share yourself in that way. Um and not everybody has the guts to do that. Mm -hmm. Lots of people really want to, but not everybody has the guts to do that. So that's really incredible. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to read somebody else's story. I want your story and your authentic. And I think by finding your process and being patient with yourself, I know like you want it.
0: Yeah. yeah, I would like to start making money. I would like to and have you... a finished product. I would like to, you know, go on a book tour when when we're not on quarantine, whatever. <laughs> right,
1: <laughs> definitely, yeah. when things are safe. <laughs> um but I would encourage you, and I know also that you've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, this, yeah. It's not like you're like last week, oh, I kind of like to write a story. And why isn't it happening yes, yet? Yes. And, you know, yeah. I, that's not who you are. So, but I would still encourage you, like, find that process. Don't worry about, don't worry about editing at this stage. Focus on. What's my process? What's my intuition? What am I really interested in? Because you need, if you're going to have the juice or the energy to get past the 300 words. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. 300 words are great.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: Like writing those stories, like figuring that out, that mm-hmm. that form is brilliant. And I because, think it's
0: taught me a lot, right? Like yeah. to sit down and write. I've been posting stories since January to my blog once a week. And most of them I wrote the day of. And it's to sit down and have zero ideas and come out with something that's under 300 words, but still works, still gets you to think, still is like, oh, that's unique. And I like it. And something about it speaks to me, I think teaches me that you don't have to hold your ideas sacred, that you can come to a blank page and and actually approach it. And that's powerful. and, And I like that. It's just not enough anymore it's not enough to to write just 300 words i want to expand upon that and i you're right i think i need to be meticulous into figuring out how talk to me about not being too impatient with it though because you're right i'm not a last week i decided i wanted to do this kind of person but i am uh i need to move out of my mom's house someday I want to I want to actually, like, make a living doing this thing that I love. And I, I have other ways, so I'm not trying to put all the pressure on my creativity. But I I am a little impatient with that. And I don't know how to be kind enough to figure out that process without some impatience creeping in.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I wish I had the answer for that. <laughs> um, don't we all? Because, cause, yeah, because I, and I think that the uh, – I keep – hearing what I'm hearing is the words of a of a Zen monk.
0: I love it. I don't, can't remember oh, yeah, his name.
1: Yeah. But it takes as long as it takes. Yeah. No matter what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And practice makes anything easier. Yes. Right. So it's if you focus on the practice generally The other things take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, you know, (laughs) shut up, Leslie. (laughs) Who wants to hear that
0: advice?
1: (laughs) I could have come up with that lame answer.
0: probably would have told you that, like, a few, like, the beginning of this year, like, shut up. You're, you're, like, there's more to it than that. But no, like, writing, trying to write every day, I think you're absolutely right. And I don't think you can know that until you really make a habit out of it, whether it's every day or whatever you can fit into your life. Like I do think making that habit and making the time to do it, forcing yourself to do it. I was reading this this year especially about cognitive behavioral therapy and, and the monkey mind. There's actually a book about monkey mind that's not Natalie Goldberg's. <laughs> but it's it talks about every time you avoid something that you're kind of nervous about, like you teach your brain that it was right to be scared about it. And I have been doing that with writing for a very long time. And you can only imagine how tough and tall those walls are if every time you sit down to write, you go clean your closet or go call your grandma who you haven't talked to in in years. You know, like it's teaching yourself that you're right to be afraid of it. You shouldn't do it and make a practice of it. And that's just not good. (laughs) I mean, to put it lightly, that's not good for your writing
1: it makes it harder mm-hmm. and we want to make it as easy as possible. Right. Yeah. It's cause it's, it's challenging enough. Yeah. And so like you were talking, leverage your strengths
0: mm-hmm.
1: and take event, like set your environment up so that you're, you know, you take care of distractions, you, you know, whatever yeah. you need to do, You do that Mm -hmm. because it's important. It's part of who you are. It's not just, it's not something that's going to go away. If you said, oh, screw this. It's not it gonna would go come away. Back to me. Yes, yeah. Be yeah. like Rebecca, Rebecca.
0: right? <laughs> and I, I liked. I feel like I need to hear that again and again because every time I'm like, "No, I want to write. It's the only thing I've really wanted all my life." I start to question. Well, if that's the case, why haven't you been doing it? Or why aren't you published yet? And and so it starts this huge Im- negative spiral down into. Well, maybe you aren't a writer. Maybe you don't want to be. So I appreciate that positivity and that reminder. On the topic of like Natalie Goldberg, for example, I, we both, I love her. We've both been to her seminar. She's really great. She fits more in that memoir kind of, I'm going to write about writing space. Is there ever a time, I mean, because we've talked about her fiction and we're both editors. We both are story grid trained, but is there ever a time you're like, you know, I want to write fiction, but maybe I shouldn't do that. Or or maybe I should try and focus on my strengths are maybe nonfiction, even though it doesn't speak to me in the same
1: way. Like, do you have any opinions on that? Um, well, I think when you have to put food on the table, you do what you have to do. Yeah. And you carve out a little space for the thing that it is your heart's deepest desire to do. Mm -hmm. At least a little. Right. And I think that can be 15 minutes a day, Mm -hmm. you know, and it can be on a piece of paper with it like it like I think when you honor that part of yourself
0: Mm -hmm.
1: with that kind of commitment, like my life is really hard. It's really full you know, we yeah. we hear the horror stories of what's happening for people these days.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But if it is your heart's biggest, greatest desire to write, then carve some time, mm-hmm. even if it's just a little bit, because that will fortify you. That yeah. will give you energy for everything else you have to do, and it'll make space, and then you can expand as time and circumstances allow.
0: Yeah. And practice makes perfect. I mean not perfect, but like if you want to write fiction if that's your burning desire and this is what I think you're saying. So correct me if I'm wrong. If that is your burning desire to write fiction, if you're making the time and carving that space out and actually doing that work, you will get better. And just because you're quote-unquote better at like non-fiction or whatever doesn't mean that that's what your burning desire is and that you should practice more of what you want not just because the other thing seems to be easier
1: yes exactly exactly okay. because we have things we're really good at mm-hmm. that don't light us up yeah and yeah sometimes we oftentimes we do those things to pay the bills whatever mm-hmm. but we carve out a little piece yeah for that thing. That's really, because of course it's not going to be easy,
0: Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, definitely. Okay. I like that. The, the 15 minutes, like I can do 15 minutes and that takes a lot of the pressure off as well. What kinds of things should I be exploring? Like maybe in particular this story, the, the kinds of nuggets, like what would you, if I were your client, what homework would you give me to kind of play in, in terms of, this is really interesting. Do you like this? Do you want to write more about it? What would you, what would you tell me?
1: I would, so I would have, uh, write about like the, like find discrete events in here and also write from different, um, different characters perspectives. Okay. So when, you know, write that, write it from Sammy's mother's perspective, Mm -hmm. right. Or Sammy, right. Mm -hmm. Like, or, you know, what was Simon thinking when he first caught that, you -hmm. know, the lightning strike hitting the water or coming over the water? Like, what was, what was that like? Yeah. And just like, just play with those threads. You're, you know, you're giving yourself a constraint
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's not like morning pages, but just fine because you're, you just, you're like a detective or you're like an archaeologist, however, whatever metaphor works yeah, yeah. better for you. But you just, you've got a piece here. Now follow the threads mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the, the clues and just keep working on it. And, um that's what they'd like you to think. Like you could even take that <laughs> line out and start writing with that. Mm-hmm. What is it that they would like you to think and really yeah. get into that cuz some there's something about that to me that has some energy in it. I don't know how it feels for you, but but like the pieces that are like where there's some
0: mm-hmm.
1: emotion there's sass.
0: Like, yeah, so I've written a couple different things from this character where, like, the moon story that I've I've talked about before many times, I think on this podcast at least, there's this moment where she's like, Aren't these investigative journalists supposed to, you know, want to find the truth? And they tell her not from not when it comes from a rambunctious 12 year old who hasn't proven her place in the world yet. Like there's there's just those like little slips where she's she knows she's she knows the truth, but nobody wants to listen to her. And I like that as well. So I think that I could definitely have some fun in this. Like, where's the energy? And
1: well, and I think too, like finding other characters. Mm hmm in you know because just coming what came to me just while you were talking was the character cassandra yep from troy yeah. right yeah listen hello I know what don't I talking bring about. it yeah. in
0: <laughs> yes yes <laughs> exactly. right exactly exactly
1: um, but then also the Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime, I yep, think it's yep. called.
0: Absolutely, I've heard that uh, from uh, the, that comment from other people. The Cassandra thing, the the Curious Case of the Dog in the Nighttime, as references. I think what I really like is like a Neil Gaiman's Ocean at the End of the Lane, where there's this kid's perspective of what's going on. But as an adult, you can kind of pick different threads and see it from a different light, which is really interesting. And again, yeah. that adds in that layer of like, what is the truth? She's telling you her truth, like she's not lying, but is her truth the whole truth? And what does that whole truth really mean? And I like that exploration. I think McKee talks about the, and like you said, like I could tell you themes that Neil Gaiman plays with, but McKee, I think specifically has said that authors play in very, a a small number of themes and they write different stories in those themes um, over and over again, which I think is interesting.
1: Yeah, it's really, I've been reading Brandon Sanderson lately Ah. and it's, It's really amazing to me how, Mm -hmm. oh, that's that situation. Oh, that's, you know, that's the same. Or that's this situation flipped on its head, right? It's just, um, yeah, we're trying to figure things out, you Mm -hmm. know? That's one of the things we're trying to do as writers. Yeah. And so it's it's important. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And I think you know, it's fun to play it in fiction as opposed to over and over again making the same mistakes in your life. <laughs> Um, can you talk a little bit and I don't know maybe you can't so it's okay if you say no but about this idea of building a career as a writer so this piece is 300 words if I wanted to I could find somewhere to publish it but maybe maybe this one becomes more of a novel I don't know yet I'll play in that and and it is something that's recurring and a character that's recurring so that makes me think that maybe I should with this one but should I try and publish other places? Try and write short stories. Try and write a novel. Like, what would you recommend for trying to build up skills as well as like building a career?
1: So, oh, that's a great question, and I think that it's it probably. I mean, it it varies with the person. Of course, of course, of course you know, there's what you, there's your heart's desire and there's what, you know, so, so I would figure out what you want writing to do for you. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you want writing to pay your bills and sometimes you want writing to just be your outlet.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. And some, and then in between there is in between those two poles, right there's there there's a whole. There's a vast mm-hmm. spectrum. Mm-hmm. And so figure out, like, given, okay, if I want to make a career as a writer, where do my skills intersect with the marketplace? Now mm-hmm. that's uh, not an easy thing, especially in times of rapid change. Yeah. It's really hard to do. Um but I think. Figuring out, figuring that out is part of the work of being a professional writer, mm-hmm. is figuring out, okay, if I love epic fantasy and I want to write epic fantasy, how many epic fantasy n- novels are published every year? Mm-hmm. You know, self-publishing and you know, and the traditional publishers, right? Like, how many are there? What is that, you know, just like I would study the masterworks in the genre, I would under try to seek to understand the sales category in the same way. What do writer, what does a typical, not A-list, right? Not top of the genre, but what do you... What do people make when they're just kind of, you know, regular, kind of in the middle of the range mm-hmm. writer? Or, is that doable? Yeah. Yeah. And I think
0: what I like as well is, is the opposite side of that is pick this person whose career you would like to be like. So for me, like, I really enjoy Neil Gaiman. I really enjoy Aaron Morgenstern. I think that my writing fits in that kind of space. And Uh so looking at when they started, what did they do? And that was part of why I started publishing stories on my blog is because Aaron Morgenstern did. And so I thought, I'm going to make a habit of writing. I'm going to write these very short stories. I'm going to see what I can do and play in that space. And and Neil Gaiman for example, writing the short stories, like, okay, there is a place for short stories. How can I figure out what kinds of short stories I want to tell and and make that effective? I think also is an interesting approach that I, at least I've tried. Maybe it's not that interesting, but <laughs> I think it's it's working at least somewhat.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that and that's that's such a brilliant strategy is like I wanna have a career like this person. Mm-hmm. What do they do? What did they do? Mm-hmm. Right? It's just like studying masterworks. Yeah. And yeah. then and then, then not I being that.
0: disappointed when your career turns out like your career and not like theirs because you can't I I don't think you can line up side by side. I am um, I wanna shoot for a Neil Gaiman career, but oh man, I fell short. So that sucks on me. Like I don't think that's fair. <laughs>
1: No, it's just like, you know, it's just like with a masterwork. I want to, I want to write a story that is this way. Yeah. But here's my authentic twist on it. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Right. And that that's this is what this is what's authentic to me. You know, um, Jenny She S H I H is a um is a business coach uh mostly women, I think. Mm -hmm. And one of the things she says is that you, you have to pick two things you value, Mm -hmm. right? Like narrow it down to that. Because if you have multiple things, you know, more, if you have more than that, you're diluting your energy, your effort. Right. So Neil Gaiman seems like he probably picked two things that really mattered to him. And he pursued those two things and made choices, you know, that to um, to prioritize those two things Mm
0: -hmm.
1: above everything else. Yeah. And that that's the way you find your and then find other people who seem to value the same things and see what are they doing exactly as you have. Mm -hmm. And I think if you focus that way. And if you keep doing the work, stay patient because, because it's one of those things that when it happens, it just sort of, you know, like there's a a seven year overnight success, right? (laughs)
0: Yes, yes.
1: If I like you... that
0: where, where they say, like, it only makes sense looking back. Like, we're all terrified of the unknown in the future. But when you look back, it all makes sense. And I keep trying to remind myself it's going to make sense one day. <laughs> just keep doing the work and doing that practice, like you said. Two more yeah. questions. The first one is okay. this one you've already said. And so maybe this is just me looking for like, oh, I'm awesome. <laughs> but like the kernels of this story that I've sent you. Has bits and pieces you think could potentially, should I play them out, work in a longer space? Yes, no.
1: I think so. Um, be, And what I'm looking for is in me, mm-hmm. right? Like when I read it as a reader, not as an editor. Yeah, yeah. But when I just like my first like, whew, I'm going to go through this, read it as a reader. There are things that I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. And so that's worthy of exploration. And if there are things in there that you're curious oh, about definitely, definitely. more importantly, mm-hmm. then that makes it absolutely. Now, will it be a novel? Will it be a novella? Will it be Right, right. We a don't... television series? <laughs> like what? Like I don't know, mm-hmm. but um but it's a great it's a great jumping off start. Point. You know, it's like a great foundation to jump off from.
0: Side note question. So I lied. There's more than, than two. Could yeah. I, <laughs> could I do something with this as it is like this 300 words, try to submit it somewhere. Do you think it would ever have any chance of being published or does it need to be drastically changed? And it's okay if it does need to be drastically changed.
1: That's a great question. You know, since I don't, read I don't read enough flash fiction to really say so it's kind of like understanding the form that you're Mm -hmm. working in Mm -hmm. and is it meeting the you know what we would say the the conventions of the form then um then I would pursue that
0: okay Yeah, I I think it's flash fiction is a little bit more in the literary space right now. Like a lot of the 300 word stuff is slice of life, whatever, like, which there's nothing wrong with that. I think this is just obviously more of like a kid's kind of funky thing. So maybe it would work. Maybe it wouldn't. It depends on where I would submit it, I think. Okay, last question We've talked about this, um, like, from my perspective, but if you were to give advice to anybody who says, I don't know if I can be a writer, it's what I want, I'm too old, I'm too young, I don't have time, whatever, like, what would you tell them?
1: What else are you going to spend your time doing? (laughs) I mean, you're here. Mm -hmm. And... Right, And we all right have, now. <laughs> yeah, many of us are stuck at home right now. Mm-hmm. And so it's like what do you what do you want your life to mean? Yeah, do you want to leave something behind or do you want to ju- you know, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's all right, no matter what you you know what no matter what you choose. but if you want to write, then get started,
0: yeah, I like it. I agree. Get started if that's what you want to do. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here, Leslie. This was a wonderful conversation. I really enjoyed it. And I could just talk to you forever about editing.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for sharing your piece with me. And yeah, and the conversation, it's really, it's always wonderful to talk with you. Thanks for listening to this
0: episode of A Story That Works. For all the past episodes, the show notes, or to connect, visit astorythatworks.com. If you would like to support the show, click subscribe and leave us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. It helps other people find and fall in love with the show. As always, keep writing.